0: Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray. I have my incredible co-host with me, Drew Haskins. Howdy. And we have a really special episode and two very special guests. One returning guest, the comedians and hosts of the hilarious podcast, *Radio Lab*, George Severus and Sam Taggart. What's up?
1: chilling hello Hi. <laughs>
0: Welcome uh, to the- what a
2: great what a great little thing to do on a meaning watching the episode on a monday like in the middle of the work day i had a blast
1: yeah same i was being really really unproductive and i was like it's really time to buckle down and get to work let's watch tv
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: it can be a real treat watching tv during the day you feel kind of naughty but also you can fool yourself into thinking it's productive or i can because we do the show
2: I, it i will say i could never be an actual professional tv critic i think it would fuck up with fuck with my mind too much to be watching tv for work all day
4: yeah i,
3: I think, think it would th-
2: actually make me a deeply unhappy person
4: <laughs> no there's um the writer caroline Frankie just wrote this whole piece about it because i think she used to work at variety variety yeah um she just wrote about how like she's finally able to enjoy tv again Mm -hmm. now that she's not like tied to the professional shackles of having to watch even the bad stuff for work i'm sure you have to sift through so much absolutely terrible television just to like write like two pieces about like the fun stuff
0: yeah i like write about music here and there and I it's made me really not like listening to music
2: yeah and also like at least if you're a film critic you can go to premieres I mean I guess there are TV premieres too but you know you can go to like Cannes you can you know there's more glamour there you're going yeah. abroad when you're going abroad when you when go you're to going Venice
1: abroad and, and you're going to dress nicer yeah, yeah. you know
2: what's not you know what's not premiering at Venice uh, yellow jackets
0: <laughs> and why not though
2: I mean, the idol
4: is at Cannes, right? Now. I know. Like, I, thought about, that. I like... thought about that as I yeah. said it. Damn. No, but normally you're going to like New House or like right. whatever the New York equivalent of New House is.
2: So. Yeah. Wow. Toxic fact checking.
0: <laughs> I think we have a bit of a lag. I said, is the idol still coming out?
2: Oh, yeah. It's um, literally premiering at Cannes as we speak. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, my God. So we really just kind of moved past that whole scandal.
4: Well, it's tough to, like, engineer a scandal about something that, like, no one's seen yet. And, mm, okay, let me figure out how to phrase this. Toxic onset behavior is a tale as old as time. And I do not think the average red-blooded American citizen cares about toxic onset behavior. They're just going to watch the show and be like, it's good or it's bad.
2: People don't care about like the average person literally doesn't care about anything in hollywood like even the big harvey weinstein literally the biggest misconduct story literally i i think to this day the average american would not recognize the name harvey weinstein (laughs) yeah Yeah.
0: i was visiting home this past week and my mom kept bugging me about like should we separate the art from the artist i don't know why i don't know what new york times article she read well
2: there's a new book about it
0: oh that's yeah, it's I like, it's- I
2: think it's called Monsters or something, but it's like catnip for no offense, mom. moms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I don't know. I didn't know what to say. She was talking about the ladies at her book club, which they all said they can't listen to Michael Jackson anymore. But my mom wants yeah. to listen to Michael Jackson. I don't know what to tell her.
2: <laughs> Isn't it so funny that it all comes back to us? Like, it's like, <laughs> even just like systemic abuse, you're like, wait, how does this impact me? Am I allowed to yeah. play my CD?
3: Mm -hmm.
4: yeah like we don't want to disrupt our lives too much because of the crimes of someone else that would be morally inconvenient yeah
1: yeah and i can't be inconvenienced i'm already so busy um (laughs) i feel like with yeah with michael jackson i'm like well i'm not gonna put it on my playlist but if i'm in the airport and it's playing i'm i'm if i'm having to hear it i'm gonna find a way to enjoy it i'm not gonna be like and don't forget his crimes yeah (laughs) Yeah. um
4: <laughs> so maybe we should get to another kind of moral reckoning um <laughs> it's so time. <laughs> it's time so um we have asked george this question before but sam before we get into talking about the episode of girls that we're here to talk about we want to hear about your experience with the show when did you come to it Uh, were you always a fan what's what's your journey with Lena Uh,
1: my journey was I was a pretty early adopter I was obsessed Um, I moved to Brooklyn like maybe like as it was coming out like it was like I, there was a while where I was like, oh, I'm insane. The show is about me. Like it would be like in episode two, they go to the Bushwick warehouse party, which is crazy because last night I went to a Bushwick warehouse party and it was like, I'm a dog walker. And oh, my God, I'm walking through the set of girls. I wonder if they're just going to cast me as a dog walker on girls. Like it would be like the, I, I was obsessed with it and also like psychically tortured by it because it was just like so close to home. Um, just being like, I live in Greenpoint. She lives in Greenpoint. Like, it's like, what's real? What's fake? Um, so I was, I was all in.
0: I saw your show club comic, which I loved. And I think in a song you say, if I recall correct, that you watched the season finale in Bushwick.
1: I watched the season two premiere of HBO's girls at a loft in Bushwick i went there because a friend invited me and uh because it was they were friends he was friends with the person that lived there and i met the guy and he was like kind of this boring guy and then later i saw that guy on a poster for a tv show called how to with john wilson i watched hbo's girls with john wilson (laughs) yeah it doesn't get more brooklyn than that baby
0: (laughs) it really doesn't when was your last rewatch
1: my, I think I tried in the pandemic, and I'm such a bad rewatcher that I was like, I'm always like, let's do it. Like, I'm sorry to dive in, and I watched the first episode and then stopped. But I was like, this is so good, I'm gonna do it. And then I just never, I can't rewatch at like a whole series. It's very difficult for me.
4: I do I'm- also think this show has a problem with bingeability. Like, I hate that word, but like, <laughs> I cannot watch more than a few episodes of this at a time and when I think about really rewatchable shows like 30 Rock or Sex and the City like you can just mainline a bunch of those at once like I do not have the emotional fortitude to do more than like three episodes of this it's just like it's a little especially like watching it now in my late 20s like it's a little too close to home
2: yeah well it's also less formulaic and more dare i say cinematic so it's like Mm -hmm. it's also and i don't mean this in a negative way but in a quite literal way inconsistent in that not in terms of quality just in terms of like two episodes in a row will be very different from one another so and some of them are really sort of like emotional or sad or 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 whatever and i just think like with 30 rock that or with sex and city the tone is pretty constant Mm -hmm. and you can just sort of like have it as background noise no way you can't with girls
4: And I can do that with darker shows too. Like SVU is just unrelenting misery. Yeah, but again, formulaic and like, you know exactly
2: what to expect.
4: No, like I know the misery that I'm getting into and like, it's just going to be at that one level. So I can kind of like just set the dial to that frequency and just tune
1: out. (laughs) Yeah, even just out of respect. I feel like, like I... Can like a show I can watch before bed like is like The Simpsons. I watched The Simpsons Mm -hmm. before bed and I've like watched the same eight seasons like a few times now. And it's like I can rewatch it because I'm like, well, I can ignore this at any point. Whereas girls, I'm like, no, this was this mattered. (laughs) I don't want to just put this on and fall asleep halfway through. (laughs) (laughs) Totally.
0: Right. It's not a show for folding laundry.
1: Yeah, exactly. No.
0: How do you guys think it holds up in the I guess, you know, public view?
1: I think it's. I mean, I feel like the last few years it's had a a resurgence of like respect. I think, you know, we were all there when it was coming out, and everyone was like, it was such a polarizing show that some people fucking hated, and some people were like, this is genius, and uh, it was complicated. And now I feel like it's way less complicated with some distance. And I was always, like, yeah, it's good.
2: Yeah, I was always. I think I maybe mentioned this last time I was on, but I've, I was always like overly uh generous with it in the sense that even if there was an episode that my first thought was oh that was not very good in my mind I was like but she knows what she's doing it was probably bad like probably the things I think are flaws are like little easter eggs where like they'll be resolved later on and to be honest to this day I sort of feel that way like there is something (laughs) about girls that I really become like math lady meme scientist when I watch it where I'm like even like I refuse to believe anything is a mistake and then it almost becomes like my own, uh, it's like a challenge to myself. Like, how can I how can I interpret this in a way that makes it as smart as possible? Like, it's almost like toxic <laughs> generosity to the artist.
1: It's also like the, I, I feel very similarly, I feel like part of the appeal of the show is like in the ways it broke more traditional, like structures. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I remember being like, okay, wait, you're like, even in this episode being like, okay, the dad's just gay now. Like, I remember being like, <sighs> you can't just do that like this makes no sense and now i'm like nope that was genius like to just be like i don't care it's gonna happen
4: yeah i was reading some of the like weekly recaps that they used to do like on ab club and slate about this episode and the commonality between all of them was like this plot development comes out of left field what is this adding to the plot and then you think about well the rest of the episodes this season and also Kind of the rest of the show and it's like let her cook like <laughs> everything ties together so well in yeah. the tad arc in later seasons is one of the shows most rewarding like 100 i think you just have to have faith that a a good showrunner and a good creator
2: can land the plane and also like not to state the obvious but it's not out of left field it's literally hearkening back to one of the most iconic scenes in girls where andrew ronnell tells lena dunham their dad is gay and it even has the same line your dad is gay and that's (laughs) like the last thing you hear in this episode which i think like i mean i don't know to me i'm like how um you know distrustful do you have to be of the creator to not think of that as intentional to think of what is that is what like a coincidence like obviously it is intentionally sort of like doing a little callback to to an earlier storyline
0: yeah yeah I completely agree that's what I, I mean the Elijah episode which I think was me- season one or season two
3: mm-hmm.
0: he mm-hmm. says your dad mm-hmm. is gay by uh I don't know. From that episode on, I sort of saw Tad differently. And I thought, yeah, this Yeah, it, you know, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, but yeah. also it is, I mean, not just, it's not just hearkening back to your dad is gay. It's also a parallel between Lena's journey and her mom's journey. Like literally in that episode, Lena's college boyfriend is coming out to her as gay. And now we see the generational trauma of her mom going through the same yeah. thing like, later <laughs> on. I mean, it's in fact incredibly symmetrical and well thought out.
1: Yeah.
4: so other questions we ask before we get into the episode uh which girl are you sam
1: oh wow yeah hmm you know it doesn't i feel it's so natural to be like which sex in the city girl are you but which girl girl am mm-hmm. i damn i guess i would have to say oh um I'm dying here. I'm (laughs) like, okay, because the problem is none of them them thrive. None of them thrive.
2: I think by the end, Shoshana thrives. And I think, in fact, you... I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but if I had to, had to, had to choose, I would say you are sort of a Shoshana in that you are at face, like, you know, sort of on a surface level, silly and cute but then like deep inside you actually are a girl boss well
1: that's really nice of you to say i was leaning more towards marnie um <laughs> <laughs> well because of course of my singing career and <laughs> um and my delusion um I, yeah but i'll I, george what did you say to this question i,
3: don't
2: remember. I, was going I to- don't remember but i got i maybe this is just like my self-loathing but i do I, I would say Han- I would say I'm a Hannah mm-hmm. like I would say I'm like I have all her flaws and then any sort of self awareness I have about those flaws only makes me like more annoying or something like I <laughs> there's just like it's like I try so hard to um run fast enough to like to be like no I already saw You know the the whole thing that Hannah says of like whatever anyone can say about me, I've already said about myself. It's like you think you're gonna win that battle, but no, it's just gonna make you sort of like more irritating to be around if you're like constantly trying to be self aware. Wow. Well,
1: yeah, I don't think I'm Hannah necessarily, but Shosh doesn't feel right. I'm gonna have to continue to reflect. Um, but we'll say Shosh with a little bit of Marnie for now.
4: Yeah, it's also it is a harder. Choice to make them like picking the sex and the city girls because, with the sex and the city girls, you're kind of leaning towards like the aspirational side of things and trying to recognize the positive traits and these women by and large. And like with the girls' crew, you are aligning your flaws to them, which I think is a much harder exercise. Totally yeah
2: yeah it's almost like with sex and the city you're like what are my strengths and with girls you're like what are my flaws yeah well, I, yeah also with sex and the city it's more like even like what are your politics or
1: something it's like whereas like <laughs> girls it's they all sort of have the same politics it's more about how they go about pursuing things yeah their
2: politics are they're apolitical yeah
4: <laughs> their <laughs> politics
1: are i'm still with her yeah yeah,
4: yeah. weirdly yeah <laughs> damn that framing the sex and the city girls like that that's as a charlotte and a leftist i just want to say we we can't exist <laughs> like we are
3: we, we well i mean now charlotte now
2: charlotte is like the most leftist of all it's in yeah. just like that
0: oh i'm actually so excited for the new season
2: i can't oh wait my god literally might host wait. the premiere party <laughs> <laughs>
1: i can't imagine another season of that which is why it's gonna be so so beautiful
0: i literally don't know where they could take this world (laughs) yeah
4: (laughs) the trailer gave me some hope because they were at lunch a lot more which is one of the one of the things i really wanted them to do more for season two just more meals um more sitting in chairs more static shots that's that's if we have even like 20
2: percent more of that it will be a success in my yeah. eyes see for me i'm like what i want is a guy of the week like go back to make it a i mean sex in the city was in was a monster of the week procedural basically just with guys <laughs> no. like just lean into that especially now that is single again you know like have her It's like why are we doing why are we like bringing aiden back and having her like have a relationship with her podcast producer or whatever like have a different and then you can bring in, bring in like exciting guest stars i mean i don't know who would want to be involved in it but <laughs> you know you'll find someone <laughs> well i mean they got aiden back so that'll be s-
4: something not positive probably but something the and then they have he... sam smith
2: why, yeah they have sam. The fact sam that aiden didn't... is doing both big fat creek wedding three and sex in the city again it's like man you gotta find a new thing (laughs) yeah
0: wait sam smith can we back up yeah Yeah.
2: what are they up to in this sam smith
4: is playing themselves i hope they date carrie i hope like carrie ones up miranda and shay by like oh you're going to blow up your life for a non-binary person well i'm gonna date sam smith and then they have like they have like a competing scenario they go to like a museum gala and they're like what are you doing here with them? And then it's a whole thing. That's what I'm
0: mean. We can't do Sam wow. Smith. With Sam Smith. I really don't want that. I no.
2: when you said Sam Smith for whatever reason, my mind went to Sam Elliott, and I thought Sam Elliott was a love interest for one of the girls. And I was like, yeah, that sounds fine. And now I'm really actually in shock that it's Sam Smith. <laughs> I, I would. Have loved it if they'd cast Sam Elliott on in
4: just like that season two after his like cowboys can't be gay comments from yeah. last year. Like,
1: yeah, that would be nice. That's his yeah. like
4: his love letter to the queer community is like showing up as like Charlotte's like western dentist or something yeah. who carried dates.
2: <laughs> I should write for this show. Yeah, you really? Yeah, should that's a block. I think they need help. <laughs>
1: A Western dentist. I can't believe they haven't thought of that before. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um. Last question. We Since y'all are experts in straight culture, we wanted to ask, who's the straightest
2: girl? I mean, the obvious choice is Marnie. Yeah. She's, yeah. But Shoshana's but sh- up there.
1: I was going to yeah. say Shoshana, too
2: however (laughs) there is an argument to be made almost that hannah is the straightest one of all Mm
3: -hmm.
2: what's that argument i think it's sort of like she is um you know uh oh my god i literally could not think of the name jane austen (laughs) i was (laughs) like like there is something about hannah where it's like she is a quintessential female hero in the in the vein of like a Jane Austen character or something, where you're like, Hannah could never Hannah is is sort of tragically straight to use a cliched term, mm-hmm. don't you think, Sam?
1: I guess there's something to it. I guess it's just like in the literal sense. I feel like she oh, sure. would just be like a bisexual for an episode, you know? Yeah. Like, no, it's true. I think. Culturally, I know what you mean, but I think that
2: in practice, she would, she'd
1: be a little bi or something. Well, yeah.
2: Um, And so we have, when we have Shoshana going up against Marnie, Shoshana, of course, made out with Jessa. And there was even some sexual chemistry there. And Marnie um, had penetrative sex with a gay man. So I think maybe (laughs) Marnie is the more straight one. (laughs) I forgot about that one. Oh, wait. No, but Marnie also made out. Wait, no, 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 it was Jessa and Shoshana. Yeah, Marnie is the straightest.
0: Marnie and Cho, or Marnie and Jessa also made out once though. On oh, Thomas, they did. Um, in Thomas's right. Thomas apartment. Mm.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. It wasn't Shoshana. It was Marnie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, so Shoshana and Shoshan Jessa never... are
4: cousins, so oh, like that right. would be a little, <laughs> little, little,
2: little, little. Okay. No, you're so right. And I, I completely. Okay. I, I. <laughs> all right. So then Marnie is. I guess it evens out. She's bye <laughs> i mean i do think
4: having sex with a gay man is queering the act
2: yeah okay so shoshana sense. So shoshana is the straightest one Shoshana's yeah. the straightest one and that also makes her even more endearing because you're sort of a classic like she's the straightest one but she's also the one that would be the best friend to a gay man
4: mm. yes true she definitely has the most like heteronormative ending yeah. too. like she gets married she like his full girl boss like she it is kind of like what the girls like sh- should be doing like in a right. vacuum but just don't
2: yeah all right it shows yeah done yeah. wow great but she
1: loved Tokyo so much that feels
4: <laughs> <laughs> but like having a um, life-changing experience studying or working abroad i think is canonical straight girl also you know who else loves tokyo gwen
2: stefani and she's married to blake Um, shelton and republican now and she's a republican
0: (laughs) i do agree though that i i cannot see hannah as anything but straight Mm. yeah she also
2: is sort of defined by her i mean very offensive what i'm about to say sort of defined by her relationship to capital m men <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely yeah she's by her kind of obsession yeah with and just continued obsession with finding someone
4: so should we get into the episode itself so just to recap last episode we saw the unraveling of mimi rose howard uh hannah goes on a date with her co-worker fran played by jake lacy and brings him to mimi rose's art show ask me my name Fran realizes he's being used to upset Adam and leaves, and Hannah ends up spending most of the night with Mimi Rose, who shows her true colors as a manipulator by offering to give Adam to Hannah, and also shows that she and Hannah have some overlap in the narcissism and imposter syndrome department. Uh, let's start, I guess, Julie, should we start with Hannah's storyline?
0: Yeah, I I think that might be better than going chronologically. I do think we should end with the big Tad and Lorreen plot. Yeah. So Hannah made a new friend at school. Her name is Maud Apatow. <laughs> um, so we see her and Maud, aka Cleo, talking about Maud's crush, who apparently has HPV and had sex with a girl from Long Island and at Auschwitz on teen tour, which is an incredible detail from this student of a like progressive upper east side school
1: this line i was like (laughs) like i was like this show is so funny i always forget like how like writing like comedy it is Mm -hmm. and i was like damn this is not fair she has it all
2: i wrote in my notes mod apatow I wrote in my notes, Maud Apatow, just to like sort of remember that. Yeah. And then in the next scene, I wrote slays. Yeah, because <laughs> so I was like, oh, she's slaying. <laughs> I, I literally only have written down
4: Maud Apatow is so talented. <laughs> she's really good.
0: Okay. <laughs> I I also wrote she's perfect in this role. Like she's a good nepo baby. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not gonna you know go after nepo babies in general, but I think she is a good one.
2: She's a really good one. She's a good one. She understands I, her role.
4: I just rewatched This Is Forty for the first time in a decade, like a few months ago. Maude and Iris both tear it crazy. Oh my god, movie. they're so, so great! Also,
2: I don't know if any of you watched the H or not HBO Netflix show Love with Paul Rust.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Iris
2: mm-hmm. Apatow is in that, and she's like literally giving an Emmy worthy performance as like a spoiled. She plays a spoiled child actor, and Paul Rust is her onset tutor. And she's just, like, torturing him the whole time. She's such a brat. And it's really, like, she, they those girls are talented. Yeah.
0: They really are. Honestly, I I also love Leslie Mann. Also think she's such a talent. 100%. I, I, they had a lot to work with, parent-wise. And,
4: <laughs> like, I like a lot of those early Judd Apatow movies, too. Like, they're so long. But it's kind of easy to forget that girls started as partially, like, An Apatow universe brainchild, and like they do a good job of kind of like foregrounding that for most of the shows run. But like when she popped up today, or like in this episode, I was like, Oh, yeah, like this is like a Judd Apatow project, sort of Mm -hmm. still, too. But the body horror
2: of the piercing scene, I I had to like look away from me, too. I was like, You know what? This is not, I can't do this right now. No,
0: I also, I mean. I did not know it was called a frenulum, but it is so perfect that Hannah wants to get their frenulum. (laughs) It's very, I'm in high school and I'm trying to rebel. Like she knows exactly why it's the right piercing.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the regression she's able to do when she's like, your mom's not going to notice it, but you're still going to feel it every time you
2: move your tongue. (laughs) Great. Like (laughs) like, the way that it's season four and Hannah is still, going to get a piercing with her high school student like there you know that there could be someone in that room in the writer's room that's like no that's like two on the nose like we she has to like progress it's like no she doesn't (laughs)
0: this whole uh substitute teacher thing is really yeah putting her back a few steps
1: yeah when even when they were, like, dancing and the construction guy was, like, catcalling them. And Hannah's like, we're children. <laughs> I was
4: like, <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs>
3: the the like music
4: the- choices on the show are always so good. But, like, Problem is such a stuck in 2014 song. was totally. like, of course, these two would, like, get down to, like, early Ariana Grande music. Like, <laughs> perfect little shorthand. um the piercing scene yeah I had to turn away from the piercing scene but like the funniest line from that for me was Hannah saying listen as an older woman a great lesson I can teach you is that it's okay to change your mind which is such like a perfectly like superficially wise thing to say to someone who has just gotten their like tongue ripped open (laughs)
2: like yeah Hannah's like mental gymnastics in this episode of like always somehow using um like feminist language to her advantage are so it's like so expertly written even later when she's talking to Fran and she's like I'm aware of the new misogyny how like you find a woman that is completely in control of herself and then like make her think she's crazy or whatever and you're like no you are you're the one being crazy right now but she's always and then or that at the end when she's talking to her mom about being dramatic like it's i mean yeah bad character
0: <laughs> i love that her this kind of new language she's given to her i guess narcissism coincides yeah. with her going back to this progressive high school like she she's been given oh, totally. kind of vocabulary <laughs> that's crazy
1: the piercing scene i was also like this is like she's she's starting to be a little socio here i was like this is like (laughs) like any normal like sometimes they make hannah like so like over the top where i'm like a normal person would be like "Mm, stop like (laughs) like the girl was like begging to stop and i was like this is crazy um
0: yeah i i think it was like a perfect like you couldn't have chosen a better thing for them to do to kind of just get it into our heads that this is so such an inappropriate relationship yeah. like if they'd just gone to the mall or done something maybe bad but maybe got like a drink at a bar it wouldn't have been this, this oh so, yeah oh, like just awful unbearable
4: <laughs> but then we wouldn't have gotten maude Apato calling hannah like a pussy with her like tongue oh, on the roof of her mouth which i once again i was like maude Apato, so talented Oh Perfect yeah, that's that is. was.
2: I think that's when I wrote down the she slays. I was like, you. I mean, it's also like such a dream role for if she wasn't an a baby, for like you know some new actress to be like, I'm gonna make my mark here. Like, it is such a great guest role in a show, and she knocked that out of the park. Yeah, I also really love the
4: scene with her and Fran. Like, I mean, when <laughs> he she like advocates for herself in the worst possible way, but like. I just I really love Jake Lacey as just like a that guy character actor and the way that he kind of just subtly reveals Fran's weird home life like his exporting battery acid on all of his plants it's like he's he's so good at just like couching everything like this normalcy but like there's a lot of darkness
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah the I, I also wrote down that line of when the, of her using her feminism where it's like uh take someone uh, you want to take a woman who's in control of her life and silence her and I'm into it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like this is okay. so good really having it both ways having your okay. cake and eating it too
0: <laughs> I also love that she doesn't know where to get battery acid she's like do you just chop up a bunch of batteries <laughs> I <laughs> feel
2: like that's such a <laughs> Hannah thing to like harp on a de- like to be having a conversation and then Harp on a detail and go on some detour, and everyone's like, "Hannah, that's like not what this conversation is about,
1: right?" Like instead of being like, "No, I'm mentally sound. I would never do that." She's like, "No, that sounds really difficult. Totally do that."
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Also, just the I'm not the person you think I am, and he says, "No." you are exactly the person that I think you are. I don't think you are the person who you think
2: you you think. Yeah. I mean, talk about like a thesis statement for the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote that down too.
0: Exactly. Like, you know, she has no idea how she comes off or how to set boundaries. And I I love Fran as this kind of straight man who it's just reflective totally. yeah examiner. also
2: the sequence of events of like her trying to prove that she's normal and then the immediate next scene is her taking a teenager to get her tongue pierced <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, also quick aside i love the students at this school being named rider and rainbow
4: uh-huh. <laughs> i love that uh, very montessori
1: school
0: vibes well, for
1: sure yeah also the mod apatowal line when she's like I I have a crush on Shia LaBeouf and Lena uh, Hannah's like well you don't you know I get it like but that's a celebrity you're never gonna and she's like no he lives in my building and I was like this is so funny <laughs>
0: uh-huh. of course he does also I love that that's Hannah's reasoning like well you'd never be able to uh, get him no.
4: <laughs> in the minute she finds out that like she does have access to him she like changes her tune she's like well he's a real fixer-upper but I think like he's really sensitive and you can fix him like suck up to a 15 year old (laughs) like love it (laughs) so that's kind of where we leave Hannah for now um I guess let's talk about Marnie and Desi I the okay these two until like they get married like these plot lines really drag for me but like they have a fight about desi getting a shipment of german guitar pedals that he says will change their lives because they created the distortion that became the my bloody valentine sound which i mean that's great writing yeah
1: that's fun but they <laughs> they are flop desi is full flop the whole plot line <laughs> is, is doesn't it, it's flop for me making marnie delusional works Until then you're like following it forever. And you're like, well, I don't actually want to see them be in a band. Or like, you know what I mean?
2: (laughs) Totally. I do think Marnie's acting is really great in this episode. Just like with... She's not given Mm -hmm. much to do, but she does a really good job. I also... Okay, remind me. Are we meant to think in retrospect that at this point Desi does have a pill addiction?
0: We don't know that yet.
2: We don't know that yet. But like when he ends up... When he ends up coming out as... Because I'm like, you know, with that in mind, he is acting like someone who is on drugs.
0: For sure.
2: Yeah, especially at the
4: end, during the proposal scene. Like, he does seem a little, like, strung out and off. Yeah. um, And, like, just in, like, inarticulate, too. Like, he's, like, <laughs> saying, like, thanks for moving my day, rain cloud.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, that yeah. is not,
4: like...
0: I, <laughs> Something
3: so
0: I don't to say. To... that's that too or i could also see him saying it though like i i feel like maybe it's hard to remember how i first uh understood the show but i don't think i don't know if we're supposed to see the signs i think it just he seems erratic and oh show.
2: totally yeah. yeah well also every character in this show is like operating at this sort of heightened level i mean yeah. Yeah, Hannah is not on drugs, but she's taking a teenager to get her tongue pure. So then why would he not spend $2,000 on a whim? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're in
4: sort of like a delusional folia dough anyway. Like last episode when Marnie's talking about like their 100 downloads is like their big break moment. And as a former music industry professional, hearing them say that their advance was $2,000 made me like fall out of my chair. Cause that is, like implausibly low but like two yeah. thinking that two thousand dollars is gonna like change your life or is that that's like a major investment from a
2: label like they are out of their minds
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah you know one sort of funny meta element of marnie's character is that her mom is played by rita wilson who famously has like an ill-fated musical career mm-hmm. <laughs> where she like keeps trying to make it happen like year after year
0: i did not know she had an ill-fated oh yeah oh yeah. yeah okay that's amazing i mean she all she does just make so much sense as marnie's mom though It's.
2: Just, i mean I, I i'm sure you guys talk about this every episode but the casting on this show is like maybe the best casting in all of television yeah. it's nuts like even little things like j i mean we'll get to jason Ritter, but like jason Ritter playing that character with shoshana or like you know the the the, hannah's parents in this episode you're like those two actors are so perfect for those exact roles
4: yeah we just talked about zachary quinto last week too as gillian or mimi rose's boyfriend and mimi rose yeah Yeah. like great casting but like zachary quinto in that like smarmy downtown artist role like he's great at it like who knew but um so i guess we should talk about the proposal (sighs) <sighs> um marnie's at a coffee shop on her phone and desi comes to like run after her and apologize and she's just like ignoring him any proposal that starts with the phrase baby please shut up for
0: a sec that was yes <laughs> ill-fated union he says he promises or he promised he'd never get married until his gay cousin destin could i, I mean
1: I that was love perfect. that mm-hmm. that was genius <laughs>
0: Oh so
4: sincere God. and so stupid yeah another just perfect name choice and the show full of them like Destin we don't even see Destin but we know everything about him just from a name
0: I've never heard the name Destin I've heard the name Dustin and I was almost <laughs> going to write Dustin but I figured that's what they meant is uh-huh. a name that Dustin uh-huh.
1: When they also like zoomed out sort of of the proposal and you could like <laughs> yeah. see all the other people just like casually sitting at whatever it's, this like it's coffee Like an all-day cafe, yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, this is so embarrassing.
4: <laughs> it, that really hurt. No, they might as yeah. well have gotten engaged in a Panera. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just bleak stuff. Um, um,
0: like Marnie just completely lighting up immediately. Like just, that's all. She just, all she ever wanted were these Kind of signifiers yeah. of what a happy person should be. And even though she hates Desi in this moment, and he made the worst decision I've ever heard. She's like, oh my God, I'm getting married to my, uh, you know, bandmate. My life really is a she and him music video for real.
3: Um,
4: <laughs> she's in like a Stevie <laughs> Nicks fantasy that
0: yeah.
4: will soon turn out. I loved the Shosh plotline this week. Just- what a little delight! Like opening on oh, her, oh like, yeah, yeah, plucking her pubes with like dishwashing gloves was just what a little treat. To start Remind me, of. where
2: did so she? Because I I hadn't watched like the episode before this one. Where did Jason Ritter come from? He's some kind of a an executive. He's like rich and successful.
0: He has a cup noodle company. Right,
2: right. Okay. <laughs> and she
0: was interviewing to be like a marketing career. I
2: see. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. It's all coming back to me. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, I... what was happening with her pubes? I didn't quite get it. I was like, what's going on with the pubes here?
0: <laughs> she seems to be plucking her bikini line uh-huh.
1: um, with like I tweezers, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. It seems wildly ineffective, but I- I'm assuming there's an ingrown hair situation. Um, but then we immediately see her with like uh, gloves on and Mm -hmm. not explained but maybe she's like giving herself a wax doing a bleach I I don't know what we're supposed to get out of those gloves but it's so perfect Mm -hmm.
4: (laughs) I did love her like Jess is trying to advise her in like matters of love and shows she's like I stopped listening to what you had to say a long time ago like The first sign of like divesting from after Beach House like that's the first kind of explicit line we get about Shosh just pulling away from the screen trying to forge out on her own.
2: But then she does listen. I mean then Jess is like yeah your life started going to hell when you stopped listening to me and then Mm -hmm. and then sure enough Shoshana acts like an absolute psychopath on the day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I yeah i mean i think jessa just gaslights her into thinking that she needs to follow her advice because jessa has i think she says four suicide attempts under her belt i mean that's perfect that's That's
2: fun Um,
0: but we we can maybe skip over ray running out for a minute
4: yeah i don't care about that yeah No, like, the beat that he's still in love with Marnie, though, I forgot how, like, I have talked ad nauseum on here about how much the Ray and Marnie plotline just, like, really dulls me out. But, like, they really have stretched this on for seasons and seasons now, and I'm like, enough. Like, <laughs> yeah. enough. Um, It does set the stage, though, for Shosh, acting like an absolute psycho on this day with jason ritter who i love also a great that guy character actor yes very much so
2: yeah i mean her hair clip was like such perfect (laughs) costume design like the (laughs) fact that she showed up with that bob and that hair clip (laughs) yeah i love that i
1: yeah you know, I respected the bold choice. I did I too. Thought, I was like, you know, for me, this is 50 50 if he's going to go for it.
2: And and by the <laughs> way, like, I'm sort of like, okay, if I was on a date where I was having fun, which they clearly were, and someone mm-hmm. said that to me, I would like, yes, and it. Like, don't yeah. make her feel bad. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. he doesn't really make her feel bad, which I think is.
2: Right. I no. Mean,
0: I, okay, we need to. There, there are a few things said that or deserve our attention. Mm-hmm. I think we I mean he says that he was outed by his ex on Tumblr um for being the embodiment of the whale what or excuse me white male oppressor after paying for her cat's dialysis.
1: <laughs> I love that. Um Perfect.
0: Shosh replies bitches be cray, which love is <laughs> <that>. <laughs> oh,
2: classic shows.
0: It is. It's um,
4: a shamanic
2: comedic genius. like?
0: <laughs> and then did anyone write down the line?
2: Like I the future write... of your cock line? Yes. I, I mean, the first thing is the future of your cock, and then she like keeps going.
0: Okay. I think we need to say it. Well, I have it written down. But okay,
2: I... please, please.
0: Because okay. I, I would love to hear one of you say it, though. Actually, no, I'm going to send it.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sending it in the chat.
4: All right. I don't think I could get through saying this without clutching my pearls. Like I'm like reading it on the page right now. <laughs>
2: Just like, imagine the writers' well, room session. Sam and I can go. jumped uh, out. Sam and I can go <laughs> sentence by sentence. Oh,
3: perfect. We can
2: alternate like we do when we do ad reads. <laughs> well, it's. Oh wait, it's only this. It's only this. Oh yeah. okay. Well, Sam, do you want to take it?
1: Sure. The future of your big hard cock when I put my hand around it and it gets so hard and then I shove it into my slimy vagina like one of those deli pickles.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, slimy! Slimy I mean, yeah. and deli
1: pickles. She had me at future of your big hard cock when I put my hand around it Totally. And it gets so hard and then shove it into my slimy <laughs> vagina is when it falls apart for me. Shove I it actually even. think it's not I could
2: even I could even get with deli pickle. But slime, nothing should be slimy. I, that's I really think if she had workshopped slimy, and maybe even used a more sort of uh, pornographic word for vagina, that her choice yeah. as a woman, whichever one yeah. she wants to choose. Yeah. But yeah. deli pickle, I think, can be okay.
0: <laughs> it could have been. I, I think deli pickle could have been okay. I, I, yeah, I think slime is really slimy slime is really
1: worse. Slimy's off. Yeah. I think Delhi Pickle only would have been like Delhi Pickle is sort of like if he responds affirmatively, then you can go in a Delhi Pickle direction. Yeah. You can't, yeah. it can't be part of the opening line. You have to yeah. wait for a positive response and then Delhi Pickle. Yeah. That is
4: like the nuclear option when it comes to like come on lines. <laughs> like, and credit to him for being so down to clown that not only does he like take that in, but immediately pivot to. Oh, look, Josh Charles is right over there. <laughs> like, yeah. And they like bond over loving the good wife. Like that is. He's being very nice smooth. Move. He's being yeah. very smooth. He, was being he very
2: also, smooth. he looks so adorable. I gotta so, say. Yeah. Okay. he has always
4: been a cutie. Cause I was watching um, Parenthood around this time too. And he was on Parenthood for like a few seasons. And he's always been like a little, little sweetie. I love him and Melanie Linsky as a couple. That I know they're so one. cute.
2: He's very much a, you know, wife guy, as they say online. Yes. This is Sam, crazy. I've heard this you know? guy's
1: name, but I did not know. Like, I didn't, I have no idea who this man is. Like, I would have never recognized him in my life.
2: Well, did you know he, so, but he's married to Melanie Linsky. That's
1: if, insane. If, yeah, 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 I had no yeah. idea.
2: I know, they're they're very cute. In fact, they got married, like, not, I, I think they got married, like, during the pandemic.
4: Yeah. Whoa. wow. Cool. He's I... been in just like every little dramedy kind of thing over the past totally. decade. Totally, he's a half. very I...
2: much like a Duplass Brothers player. I feel. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> is Parenthood good?
2: I people love Parenthood. People love to
0: say that show is good. People
2: love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen it, but I've never seen it. I've never heard bad things about it. I've only heard good things.
0: Okay, that's good to know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's
4: just it's very gentle. Um, a lot of actors you like in other things all together in on this one thing. Great show. Perfect show is does I
1: don't remember what happens with the Shoshana plot in like future eps. Do they stay dating or
4: something? They date until she goes to Japan. Mm. If memory serves. Oh, okay. Um, Wow. I
0: also don't really remember. Mm -hmm. Um, but we speaking of couples who don't really stay together, Tad and Lorene. I, wow, just incredible and we tre- teased it earlier but Hannah's parents are just leaving couples therapy and Lorreen, bless her soul says she thinks they really cracked it and then Tad tells her that uh he's gay and she does not believe him
1: I'm I'm on her side I I'm with her oh. still I'm still with her
3: I, I was also <laughs> like
1: <laughs> I wouldn't believe him like it's like a crazy <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's a crazy moment to say that that it totally. feels like you're trying to do something weird yeah like but it, it also feels like a deflective technique or something 100
2: mm-hmm. but it's also like so true to i feel like i don't know what you know the people in this zoom that have come out in the past when and how they have done it but it does always seem like to me at least It seems like it's actually very common because it's something you put off and you procrastinate on that sometimes it does come out at the most inopportune moments. Like I remember when I came out to my parents, it was like I had been putting it off during a whole trip of visiting home from college. And I said it like as I was packing to leave to go back to college. And so we just had to sort of like have a conversation quickly. And then I was going to the airport. And I feel like it's it's not uncommon for that to be how someone comes out. That's a good right? point. That's, yeah. no, that's a, that is a like, good point. I get, yeah, I could see him sort of like thinking about it, mulling it over during the session. And because he didn't know how to deal with it being like agreeable, agreeable, agreeable. So she thought it was going well. Then the session is over and he's like, I can't hold this in any longer. And especially yeah. if he's been like sort of opened up and vulnerable during the session. So he's really in the mood to, to hit her with a big truth. And he explicitly
4: says that he didn't want to tell the therapist because Lorena's like, why didn't you just say it? You weren't yeah. gay two seconds ago when we were in there. <laughs> and he's like, yes, I was. But it's, the, Becky Ann Baker is just consistently an incredible actress. But like, it was so heartbreaking good. in this scene. Like, yeah, to watch her crumble in real time.
0: Uh, yeah in that strip strip mall parking lot just crying in her car i really horrible and i think she still hasn't totally she still doesn't believe it she says like you just don't want to fuck me Mm -hmm. but um oh and then she says the most telling line um it's not not about me which is you know kind of the tell like we're supposed to see hannah in this yeah uh,
1: i know yeah yeah. I mean, I think- the, the strip mall when he rolls up with the Rieslings, it <laughs> was like, this, this is, stop making jokes. This is serious, you guys. <laughs> the character can't roll up with two Rieslings. Yeah.
2: <laughs> also, the whole, uh, her, you know, her belief that the issue is that she got tenure, it's mm-hmm. so sort of heartbreaking that she, you know, to her, this was the big thing that happened. And she is almost using, she's like, if i just think about this thing it's easier to think about than the actual terrible thing that is currently happening that is like going to ruin my or going to like d- uh, you know destabilize my my entire life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I i was also
1: like even that i'm like yeah why didn't he wait till after the party? The party's like that night it's like No, come it's true. On. Yeah. It's true. it's
2: true. And i do think in fact she is partly right that maybe there was a subconscious part of him that did want to ruin her night i don't think that's out of the question
4: yeah yeah because there's a scene at the party when he's talking to fred melamed about like putting his book on ice yeah for some sort of creative block or whatever like he's clearly dissatisfied or like stagnant in some capacity like in a true gay guy fashion, he shakes it up with a little bit of a dramatic announcement, a big reveal. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> a, reveal. Um, a reveal. I
2: loved seeing Jackie Hoffman and Fred Melamedo, Like, oh, I mean, so... talk about perfect casting. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And Jackie Hoffman, that wig. Oh, my God. I love that.
0: I, they're The two of them are just like so perfectly typecast, like New York quirky academic Jews. Yeah, like, yeah i i love them i love i love fred melamed he's so annoying in this
1: <laughs> uh, this scene actually kind of took me out of it i was like did i and i couldn't tell if it was my memory being wrong or i didn't and i didn't look it up so i'm bringing it to you now her, her parents live in like ohio right michigan they're in michigan because right. it kind of took me out that they were like Had this, like, I mean, I assume now that they like work for university tenure, I get what that means, but I was like, this, like, super, like you were saying, like New York y intellectual casting. Like, I was kind of like, well, they are Midwestern. Like,
3: yeah, Um,
2: there is a sort of thing with her, with the parents. I think you see the cracks show a little bit. In terms of Lena Dunham herself not knowing any normal people and not growing up with any normal people, Mm -hmm. where she's like, okay, I'm gonna make them normal. They're from Michigan. But then I'm gonna make them professors. so That's like a job I know, where you can be both poor and smart. (laughs) And then you're sort of like, I think it works with Tad, kind of, because he's sort of like queer ish. Mm-hmm. But with Lorraine you are sort of like okay you can't style her like a complete like midwestern mom and then also have her be presumably a humanities professor. Yeah. 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 She's having her cake and eating it too. Yeah.
4: But then, kind of in the other direction, like Jackie Hoffman being bored by her daughter, who's an infant cardiac surgeon. Like, I didn't know if that felt believably academic or midwestern necessarily. Like, it no,
0: felt very New York, which is why I got confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
1: the That's... whole scene felt very New York, which I love, honey. I love New York. I, that is yeah. how.
2: <laughs> that is like how people in sort of like humanities academia are like, like they are all yeah. delusional they are all like if they're not at like the best school they have some sort of chip on their shoulders and then in fact put on a performance of being a new york intellectual even more so than if they were at like columbia or something mm-hmm. like to me that there was something recognizable in that like in that milieu and i and if anything lorena is the one that sort of stuck out as like okay so where do you fit in here
0: mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: That but...
0: I also love their friend's daughter, uh, doing meth, doing like,
4: meth it's, it's
0: <laughs> okay, because she's a dancer.
1: <laughs> I, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> uh,
4: no, I yeah. my heart was breaking for Loreen, though, when Tad is given this like mm-hmm. completely supercilious toast. Like, me yeah, it's a little genuine, but like, I don't know how he can pretend like nothing is the matter and expect Lorene to react in like a keeping up appearances kind of way like it's just not not realistic like well it's a classic
1: pulling someone into the closet with you in like a weird way where like normally it's the opposite of like dating a closeted guy and so you have to pretend you're just friends or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then this one was like oh no you can't tell her and then not tell everyone this is cruel
2: yeah
4: I did like the counterbalance though of Lorene's affair with Fred Melamed being revealed as because she, so she's not this like saintly victim and all this like the relationship has clearly had problems outside of Tad's homosexuality and she had there's a like a future for her with other people or like exploring herself outside of him but I don't know I just I always love the scenes with those too, because like it is such a lived in relationship and I kind of forget how the trajectory of the next few episodes goes from here and and just any more like Tadlerine content like is welcomed by me for sure.
1: Yeah I do love them. I also his speech uh I did he was like if like I was kind of glad that she like got a little bit like laughing and sort of disruptive at that moment because he was being like rude like I like I thought it was interesting that he was like being like my friend my partner for the last like I was like like very purposefully choosing words that like she can't publicly argue with but are like demoting her status in his life I found so uh frustrating and I understood her anger and liked mm-hmm. it yeah this show asks what if gay guys were bad
2: yeah <laughs> he, he
4: queened out a little bit in that I moment. mean there. <laughs>
2: is, yeah it really is such a sort of archetype of like such a sort of classically complicated character of like someone coming out late in life for whom it is impossible to not basically like ruin the lives at least temporarily in the, in the short term I'm not saying everyone's lives are ruined but mm-hmm. like to ruin the lives of like his partner his children like there's simply no way around it
4: mm-hmm.
2: and there's sort of no good way to do it like no. I think he flopped hard but I don't think there was any way <laughs> for him to not flop in that dinner environment unless he of course like kept his mouth shut no. yeah oh, surely...
4: yeah. yeah just waiting one day would have solved 90% of their problems but I did think the scene with those two in the kitchen when she's like so you want to suck a dick now do you want a dick in your mouth like it it was like funny but just so sad and the phone call to Hannah I mean well Hannah's monologue aside which we'll get to um yes it just I don't this whole plot like it's just heartbreaking I I I, and to go from like sitcom beats and other parts of this show to this kind of like actually wrenching home drama I mean only girls you know that like that's a tough tonal tightrope to walk.
2: well and the and it's like it's not even that it's going from one scene that is sitcommy to another that is not at all. Like, the sitcomy lines are interwoven into this scene with them at the kitchen table. Like, she says, like, do you want to suck dicks now? Then Hannah calls and is being, like, a complete psycho, as always. Like, it, and and even um, Tad's, like, reactions, like, I think the facial, his, what he does with his face is almost, is sort of, like, comedic. Like, he's sort of cringing, you know? He's, like, reacting in this comedic way rather than, like, a sort of, like, looking into the distance dramatically.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and even just so you want to suck dick now like, <laughs> <laughs> oh like i mean it is also just it feels like she's almost teething him i don't know yeah. It, It's
3: yeah it's,
4: it's, yeah
0: Lorena as a character is a bit you know rough around the edges much like our friend hannah
4: it's true yeah hannah comparing herself to courtney love in this monologue oh, though
2: God.
4: perfect well that's so another funny. thing where
2: it's like she's like twisting fe- she's like She's literally like, "Well, I'm I'm a I'm a complicated woman, and I've been reclaimed by myself. I'm reclaiming myself as a complicated woman. <laughs> like,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I am not this, but if I am this, then it is good.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm not complicated. I'm not dramatic, and like, if I am being dramatic, it's because I'm concerned with real issues. Yeah, like, like, homelessness. Homelessness. Yeah. Yeah. like uh, the
0: financial crisis. Yeah, the financial
4: crisis. Yeah."
0: Oh my oh, god. That line is so good. She's. I love, I'm responding to real issues. <laughs> <laughs> my existence is a commentary on the financial crisis.
4: Just watching Lorene react with like exasperation and be like, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah. <laughs> like uh-huh. It's just like, I just, that family dynamic is so well realized. Like, I I just can't imagine being exhausted by your own kid that much. Mm-hmm. But like they play it like it's like love and concern at its core, and like I just I thought I thought the last shot of Hannah just being like oh was a perfect episode ender.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if we were gonna get something more comedic in that moment. Like I was like it's it's begging for it almost, and so the choice to not take it was smart. But I yeah. was like what's it like a yeah very tense moment of like Mm -hmm. what's the line gonna be
3: Mm
0: -hmm. i i do love it being hannah your father is gay
2: (laughs) yeah well to me again that that was like the you know for the fan watching you're like oh it is a callback to the earlier thing so in that Mm -hmm. sense it is sort of a laugh line but yeah do we think laureen told hannah herself to hurt i mean I guess she has so much on her
0: mind. I'm not going to blame her.
1: I thought I was just like, kind of shut Hannah up for a second. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There's definitely some of that. I feel like it was also just to share the, I guess, emotional baggage. And, you know, she did, maybe she didn't want to face it alone. She like wants to hear someone else in disbelief about it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Should we move on to our final segments?
0: Yeah, well, any final thoughts on this episode? Or like, what did we think of it? What's a...
2: Uh... Wait, I do have something that I told Sam before we started recording, which I think is sort of an interesting little factoid. So, I've been watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and last night I happened to watch the episode where Mac comes out, spoiler alert, which happened <laughs> like four or five years ago. Um, And then I watched this episode of Girls, both of them directed by Jamie Babbitt, the director of oh, But I I'm a Cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I was like, First of all, what are the chances that I in a period of 24 hours watch like two episodes about an unlikely character coming out? But they were both. It's like they when a show wants to do like a coming out story, they just like wheel her in and they're yeah. like, well, you can deal with this. But I just thought that was such a funny uh coincidence. coincidence. And I also I so rarely I mean, I guess now a little bit more than I used to, but I so rarely notice who directed a, an episode of television. Um But yeah, Jamie Babbitt.
0: That is
4: so no. funny. Yeah,
2: I if
4: people have not seen that I'm a cheerleader within the past few years, please go change that. I saw it, they're bringing it back to Criterion again for Pride Month, and like, yeah, it It really holds it.
2: up. It's it's so good. Also, like, RuPaul is so good, and I mean, there's yeah. just like so many things that actually are even funnier now, twenty years later. It's
4: yeah, it's perfect. I hosted a screening of it last year. Um, here at u chicago and the reception was a little muted for some reason but
2: like i really do think it holds up well, I, think well. I mean it's it is like it's not a um i think it has bite to it you know what i mean it's not like watching i don't know some crowd play. it's not like watching yeah you're not the watching Wars, love like I, I do think it is like a real satire and i think we're not used to that these days <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh-oh so the first question we ask at the end of every episode is which girl you or which girl are you in this episode mm. i'm certainly hannah saying you want me to be silent and i'm up for it that is <laughs> i don't know, the, <laughs> we, yeah. that line alone is really hit home for me so yeah. I think
1: in this episode, I am, again, Shosh. I feel I was on Fire Island this weekend, and, like, it was so weird to be like, wait, how do you do this again? Like, we're, you know, you're like, it's like everything is a little bit flirty, everything is a little bit sexual, and it was sort of like okay like I was like literally being like what do you say to someone you don't know anything about and don't know who like I was like maybe I just like spin around and grind on them and it's like no you don't do that like it was just like (laughs) okay okay what do you do here um and it was uh, a humbling moment and so I I was feeling very shosh in that Mm -hmm. moment
2: um I I was gonna say I was gonna say I was shosh, like yeah just in the sort of slimy vagina of it all (laughs) um but i mean i think there's a sort of i i could i could relate to marnie a little bit i could relate to the the sort of delusion that marnie has where like she goes from actually making a very solid point of like miss like not having enough honestly about money is like one of the things that can really break a relationship to then immediately being like yeah i'll marry you (laughs) I do think there's, you know, I can not not so much in romantic relationships, but it's easier for me to be sort of swept off my feet by like a grand gesture.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also felt like Shosh, so I'm I'm not adding much to the discussion, but I did feel like Shosh accidentally or not accidentally talking about her slimy vagina yeah. because why did I say that? And now it's, <laughs> now, it's out, and now it's out of my mouth. <laughs> Um, we also like to go through the last episode and talk about our favorite, least favorite, most memorable outfits. So I I need oh. to call out Shosha's blue rubber gloves. because <laughs> what is, What is she doing with them? What's her ne- next task? Is she bleaching the floor? Is she giving herself a wax? We'll never know.
4: Wow. It's a full surgical procedure. mm mm-hmm. Mine was Fran's Ernest Hemingway t shirt. That oh, um, was a yeah. perfect to little <laughs> cool t shirt. <Yeah>. So,
1: <laughs> mm, okay. I actually think I-, I was thinking about Ray's canvassing outfit and how it was so 2014, where it's like you think like men's clothing isn't like changing that much. And then you see that and you're like, oh my God, we oh. are in a different time. Um, and you know, just as a historian, of course, I want to respect the past. <laughs>
2: yeah. And, and uh, you know, I've already I'm realizing I've already said mine, which is Shoshana's hair clip when she's on her date.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Shoshana has
2: the permanent spot.
3: Yeah.
2: She's got style. She's got style. <laughs> she's got style. She's got grace. She's got it all. folks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then the final segment, uh, MVP and LVP of the episode. Ooh. Um
1: this is a tough one. I mean, I think the okay, for me, my explanation would be that it is tad for both. Uh he is 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 the reason for the season. He's why we woke sure. up this morning. Um uh, we wanted to see this man come out of the closet. And then also watching it all happen, you're like, why are you you're you're flopping. You're flopping. Mm-hmm. This is a have your moment. <laughs>
2: um yeah he, yeah i would say my mvp is the actress Maud apatow <laughs> yes and my lvp is i mean i might even go with marnie for lvp like she's flopping this episode yeah true man. marnie's kind of the perma lvp for me
1: yeah.
4: until the panic of central park of so- course it has to be that. Uh I'll give Shosh my MVP because awkward date line aside, I thought that first date went swimmingly and Jason Ritter is a punk. So that yeah. to me, successful.
0: Um, I think maybe the the LVP for me is probably Hannah, just because she um, you know, took Maud Apatow to get her frenulum pierced, and yeah. I don't I don't approve of that. <laughs> um and mvp i you guys honestly said all the ones that i feel but i'm going to uh call back uh tad and Lorene's friend's daughter who did meth and oh yeah <laughs>
2: yeah yeah
0: Honorary mention. she's on a
1: journey
3: yeah, yeah. very
2: true wow, it's crazy that experience. none of us said mvp Lorreen, who really like
0: oh, wow persevered
2: <laughs> so gracefully through it all well that... it wasn't that graceful i guess that's it, right?
0: <laughs> she's like a like a honorary
2: yeah uh, i respect that she didn't like at least she didn't out tad at the dinner cuz i i was afraid she was going to do that
1: yeah i was kind of expecting it yeah even a light one like when that guy when the other guy was like i'm in love with you i was kind of expecting her to sort of drop the the bomb there and be like no yeah. he's just gay now we have to go
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> i'm not getting a divorce my husband's just gay
4: yeah. <laughs> so for that for her tact and grace under fire she wins the ally of the episode award award. she's p flag um (laughs) well thank you guys so much for being here this was an absolute treat to have y'all thank you so so much for having us thank you uh stradio lab is an absolutely fantastic podcast that you can get anywhere you get your podcast feeds um and if y'all would like to be uh found on social media where can people find you
1: I'm Sam Taggart on Instagram and also Worst Radio Lab on Instagram. That's right. And George.
2: You... I'm George Severus on all platforms. Follow the pod. Come Follow. to our live show mm. in Brooklyn at the Bell House
1: on yeah. June 15th. <laughs> there you go.
3: Happy right. Pride to all. Yes, happy Pride <laughs> to all.
4: <laughs>
2: happy Pride to all.
4: And with that, uh, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.